We got some injury news that could have a big impact on the Rams next season. Winners and losers from the Rams 24 to 23 wild card loss to the Detroit Lions. What is Cooper Cup's future with the team? That's coming up next on Locked On Rams. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, Ramley? And welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your Los Angeles Rams. Free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, if you haven't yet, do us a huge favor. Join the party and subscribe to Locked On Rams YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And also drop all your Rams takes down below. What do you think the Rams should do with Cooper Cup moving forward? Who are your winners and losers from the Rams 24-23 wild card? weekend loss to the Lions. Also, we appreciate all the love we've seen down there in the comment section. We really appreciate you guys rocking with us all season long. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade, 24-7 sports, SI, Dodgers Nation now, the Rams 4 locked on. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He just completed his eighth season covering your Los Angeles Rams, the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And on today's episode, the final horns up, horns down of the season. Winners and losers. We're going to continue to break down the Rams wild card loss of Lions and what we can learn from it and how it can help us next season. Also, what will the Rams do with Cooper Cup in the future? We got a big injury news to get into. But first, this episode of Locked on Rams is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your jobs for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, Travis, we're going to dive right into this one. And we didn't really talk much about it, but Tyler Higby looks yeah. like he suffered a torn ACL. They fear that he, saw, he, he suffered a torn ACL in the loss to the Lions. Now, of course, the hit, was it a dirty hit? He had Lions linebacker going on Twitter, Alex Anzalone talking about saying it's how the league office asked us to tackle. Now, whether or not it was a dirty hit, look, it's football. Injuries happen. And look, Tyler Higby, he was actually the lowest rated player for the Rams to via PFF before that injury. And it's unfortunate he signed that extension a few weeks ago and they're going to have to figure out a way to replace him. I think Davis Allen did show some flashes and he's going to get his opportunity early on next season. Yeah. Davis Allen is, is a really interesting player going into next season. I think that he really started to come on pretty strongly towards the, uh, the end of the regular season. You saw him make a nice catch on Sunday night against the lions as well. I'd love to go back to Higby here for a sec. Um, it's not a dirty play, but it's a super dangerous play, as we saw. I mean, it's a dangerous play in the simple fact that Tyler Higby has a significant e uh, knee injury because of it. Um, I I've talked to a lot of NFL players, and without exception, they have all told me the same thing. They'd much rather get hit high than get hit low. And and, and this is the result of the league, you know, rightfully so. And, and I guess we can debate this if we want to about whether or not the league actually cares 
about guys having head injuries, but they certainly care about the perception of guys having head injuries. So they've tried to limit guys getting hit above the shoulders. Um, and so if I can't hit you high, that doesn't leave me a ton of options. I have to hit you low. And a guy like Tyler Higby, who's such a big guy in the first place, you know, you're going to try to cut his legs occasionally, but uh, I, I know the players would much rather deal with, with 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 hits higher than lower. And unfortunately, Higby, you know, th this is the worst case scenario, something like this, where he's going to miss a ton of time. I wouldn't be surprised if he misses, you know, the, the majority of next season, if in fact it is uh, as significant as it sounds. But I, I don't think it's dirty because the league has, has basically told guys, this is how you got to get guys on the ground. You got to cut them. You got to hit them. You got to hit them low. And it's happening so fast. You know, maybe you're aiming for the the thigh and you catch the knee, but I, I'm not going to hold the player responsible for that. Yeah, it's a bang, bang play. When you see the replay in slow motion, it's just an unfortunate reality of this brutal, violent sport. And we saw Gallup, he tore his ACL in the division round a couple last season. He was able to make it back eight or nine months. So hopefully he gets a speedy recovery, is able to contribute in some capacity next season. But look, Davis Allen, like you mentioned, he's yeah. someone that did show some promise. He got two passes for 28 yards. He had that 22-yarder on the second and six to bring the Rams down to the 11-yard line. And with him suffering that ACL Tyler Higby, Davis Allen is definitely going to be plugged in there, and I think he's going to have a big impact. I'm really high on him moving up, uh, moving forward. And look, he's just another example of this rookie class. That I think we're going to look back years down the line and say, okay, this is what a big reason why the Rams were able to get right back into contending mode, and all that starts with Puka Nakua. So we're going to start with our first horns up, and this is a big one, of course. Puka Nakua, he led. All Rams players with the highest PFF grade at 92.6. Now he finished with nine catches for 181 yards, had a touchdown, had that 50-yard touchdown down the sideline. But I think the big concern is, yes, he is phenomenal. Yes, he stepped up. He stole the show once again, but he finished with 137 more receiving yards than any other Rams player. He's turned Cooper Cup into a Robin at best. Tutu Atwell is the other guy that had a touchdown. He played like eight snaps, right? Yeah. So the unfortunate thing is, yes, they found Puka Nakua. He's really turned himself into a household name, especially with fantasy owners. But I think moving forward, the big question is, what can you get from WR2? And that's one of my big takeaways from Sunday's loss. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think you're right. I think that the it, let's go back a couple of seasons. Let's go back to when Cooper Cup was on the scene and he was the 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 new guy that maybe nobody really knew. It's like, hey, what's up with Cooper Cup? Why is he actually as good as it looks like? It turns out he was. He had a nice long run where he was a wide receiver one in this league. But one of the criticisms was Matthew Stafford gets locked in on him. They just, you know, Jared Goff is only looking for Cooper Cup. Okay, that's not a bad problem to have. And if that's what it is with Puka Nakua and he's still able to produce, I don't have a huge problem with it. The question becomes, and I think we probably saw it a little bit towards the second half of the season, is what happens when defensive coordinators say, all right, anybody but 17. We're not, we're not going to let Puka be the guy that decides this game. Is that where a player like Davis Allen next year can step up? Is that where Cooper Cup can rebound? And I know we're going to talk about him coming up here in just a little bit. Uh, do you keep Demarcus Robinson on the team? Is he your third wide receiver going forward? Do you take and run it back one more time with Tutu Atwell and hope that he can continue to get you know incrementally better and more involved in the offense? Or do you just ride Puka? And I don't think any of these are bad options. I think Puka is going to be a really good player. I think that he adjusted to the adjustments, which we talk about 
so frequently. But to kind of bring this thing full circle again, I think the Davis Allen of it all is really fascinating. He he show tight end in a Sean McVay offense is exceptionally complicated. It may be other than the quarterback. You're asking him to do more than just about anybody else. And that he started to get it towards the end of his rookie year, I think is a really positive sign. He's shown that he's an athlete. I thought a couple of catches that he made, one in the Baltimore game kind of stands out to me. The one he made against Detroit on Sunday night stands out to me where the ball isn't exactly perfectly put on him, where he needs to reach and stretch and make an athletic play and continue to be able to run. I think that's exciting. I think that you're going to find Kyron Williams getting the ball thrown to him out of the backfield more and more. So as good as Puka was and as big as the questions are to find to get him some help along the way, there are some options there, and, and it starts with number 10. It starts with Cooper Cup and what you get out of him. Absolutely, Travis. And you point out really the next step for being an elite player where your greatness helps other players take their game to a next level because yeah. there's so much attention focused on you. And I think absolutely you're going to see that next season. I think heading into this one, the Lions, they knew that Matthew Stafford was going to try to beat them through the air. And they knew that Puka Nakua was going to be the biggest threat, yet he still was able to make so many catches, have such a big impact. Look, the only ball that he didn't catch he was held on, right? You could have thrown a flag there on that third and 14. What I love too is, look, yes, there's the physicality, the strong hands, his ability to just truck guys. He's bullying these veterans as a rookie out there, but it's really also the competitiveness and really the mental makeup that he has. I love after the game, he said he's not disappointed in the team and my teammates, but disappointed in myself. Travis, we are talking about someone that set another rookie record. He passed... DK Metcalf for most receiving yards by a rookie in the playoff games. So he still is disappointing himself after that. That tells you a lot about the drive that this guy has and the stand that he holds himself at. Yeah. And it didn't seem performative. A lot of times you'll hear guys say stuff like that. You kind of roll your eyes like, come on, man. We yeah. I know you don't. It, it didn't feel like that with him at all. It felt very sincere. So I'll give him a ton of credit. Uh, like you mentioned, the one ball that was thrown his way that didn't get caught was the one at the end where there could have been a hole to pass interference, take your pick. And I'm not a blame the ref guy. I I've told myself I'm never going to be that guy. But let's talk for half a second about how big that call was, because if that call is uh, administered correctly, the Rams are on their way to Tampa to take on the Bucks for a shot to go to the NFC championship game. Tampa took care of Philly. The Rams would be going to Tampa Bay. We know what that second-round matchup in Tampa Bay has meant to them in the past, where all of a sudden it's kind of a springboard to go to the Super Bowl. So that was a very big missed call. I get it. It's never down to one call, but uh, that one was about as close as you can get. Absolutely. Yeah, that was a penalty. If that flag gets thrown, the Rams probably walk out of there with the win. Hey, that's like why it. I said a few weeks ago, if I could pick any of these teams to play in the first round in the wild card round, I wanted to play the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I pretty good about Ooh. that last night because the Philadelphia Eagles, they're absolutely lost. But coming up here in our next segment, has the Cooper Cup era ran its course in L.A.? What should the Rams do with Cooper Cup? We have more horns up, horns down. That's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question, right? What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team that you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free, right? Think, think about it as any other team. You get the right person in the right job and it opens it up for everyone else and you are off and running 
at your absolute best. That's what LinkedIn does. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So and so easy, in fact, that about 86% of small businesses get that qualified candidate within 24 hours, right? The LinkedIn process is intuitive. It is quick. And it is easy. And it also knows that small businesses are wearing a ton of hats, so you might not have the time or resources to hire the way that you would like to. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. And we are off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Also, a special shout out to our everyday listeners out there. We appreciate you watching every episode on YouTube, listening to every episode on the pod. And you guys really are what make this thing go. We can't thank you enough. And definitely still lock in all offseason. Tons of stuff sure. to get into is going to be such a fascinating offseason for your Los Angeles Rams. And you won't want to miss a thing. So be sure to stay tuned. But coming up here in our next segment, we're talking some Cooper Cup. And our first horns down is Cooper Cup. He ends up getting five receptions on nine targets for 27 yards. And he just wasn't finding himself in open situations. This is someone who is probably not even close to being 100%. Look, no one in the NFL is at this point of the year. And really the big question is, what is his role moving forward? Yeah, I think this is one of the big questions they have going into the offseason, going into the next couple of seasons with Cooper Cup. I, I want to start with something you said in there, D-Mac. Um, my, my default setting as a human being is not optimism. Whatever. It's just, it's not. I wish it were. It's not. But I'm actually optimistic about Cooper Cup, and here's why. You just said it a second ago. I don't think he ever felt right. I don't think he ever felt anything close to right. Think about what we saw from him this season. He did not participate in camp. He was on the injured reserve for the first part of the season. It was so bad, in fact, they sent him to see a specialist in Minnesota to deal with the hamstring injury, he says. When you can't find the right doctor in L.A., that means it's something weird, right? That means it's something very specific that needs to be treated in a very specific way. He goes. He comes back, and he's okay in a game here or there. He had a couple of really nice games. But it wasn't Cooper Cup like we've come to know Cooper Cup over the year. And then after that that brief little peak, we saw this, this soft slide into the second part of the season where he was, quite frankly, just a guy. That's a really sharp cliff for a guy that's that good of a player. And I can't help but imagine that it's due to health. I can't help but imagine that he just wasn't physically capable to do the things that he needs to do. Because, again, Cooper Cup is much bigger, stronger, and more athletic than I think a lot of people wanted to give him credit for. But he's not just a guy that relies exclusively on athleticism and quickness and all these things. The fact that he couldn't get open led me to believe that he wasn't healthy. And, and the fact that Nakua was so good, it allowed them to go other places and not have to rely on him the way that they did and not have to force him the ball the way that maybe they have had to do in the past. I'm cautiously optimistic that with time, with an offseason, with treatment, with rehabilitation, that he can get back to most of the player that he's been in the past. If it wasn't that, and the Rams will know that as well as anybody else, then you have a much different conversation on your hand about 
what do you do from here? Do you try to move him? Do you cut him? Do you try to find a way to get some sort of value? Will somebody else find that he might be able to help them? Because, you know, this is pro sports. Nothing lasts forever. And when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. And I'm sure somewhere that conversation's being had. Yeah, I think when you look at him at this stage of his career, is he triple crowned Cooper Cup at, at this point? I don't think he is. I think that you look at the injuries, they're piling up. They're piling up because he's getting older, right? And typically, yep. he's not getting any younger. So it's like you can't say, oh, he's probably going to be less injured moving forward, right? I mean, you'll probably see some knickknack injuries and the performance started to decline. I do think he can be serviceable. Sure. Is he a player that's worth $80 million on a contract? No, right? And do you pay players for past performance? You don't do that. I mean, if you want to really get yourself in trouble as an organization, well, you make decisions based on what someone did when they're in their 20s two years ago right i mean that's this a losing formula moving forward you can't let your emotions get into this if you're the rams but the reality is if you look at just the ramifications i mean the cap hit i mean a dead cap hit of over 47 million it would create i mean a 29 million dollar cap hit i mean that's really not feasible the more likely options they move off of him after the 2024 season where that goes down to 17.2 million. But I still think, like you said, he still can contribute. And I don't think they'll move off of him. But I think that the most important learning lesson here is you can't expect triple crown version of Cooper Cup to be a WR2 that's going to be an impactful player every single week. You have to almost bake in some injuries in there, knowing that that's just who he is at this stage of his career. Because look, I hate to say it, but it's just the cold hard truth. Sure. No, it is. And and, and I think that the the pragmatic approach to this is probably the right approach. And and here's the good news if you are a cold-hearted, pragmatic football fan. The Rams move on when it's time to move on. Todd Gurley, they gave him a boatload of money. He got hurt. It didn't work quite the way that they needed to do. Todd Gurley was gone like that. It, It didn't take long for them to move on. Todd Gurley was a fan favorite. Todd Gurley was one of their best players. And then Todd Gurley was an Atlanta Falcon. It happened in a hurry after paying him. We don't need to re, you know, discuss all the Jared Goff stuff. They gave him a ton of money. They came to the conclusion, you know what? This doesn't work. And they moved on from him really quickly and made the deal for Matthew Stafford. So while Cooper Cup is probably more popular than both of those players, Cooper Cup is probably the most popular Ram that's been here in L.A. for the longest. Matthew Stafford has only been here three seasons. Aaron Donald is their best player, but is relatively quiet and doesn't really connect in a way. Cooper Cup, from the moment he was here, was a fan favorite. You started to see Cup jerseys from the moment that they added him to the team. So there may be a little bit more sentimentality involved in something like that, but I don't think it'll be a ton. And and if you're one of these guys like, look, when it's time to move on, it's time to move on. The Rams have proven that they're willing to do that to make those hard decisions. And I think that they will if that's how they feel they need to do it. Yeah, it's a fantastic point. This Rams team, they know better than any organization in the National Football League how to get from under bad contracts. Not just Todd Gurley, you got Brandon Cooks, Jared Goff. I mean, the list goes on and on. I will say when it comes to Cooper Cup, I love me some Cooper Cup. He's probably my favorite sure. Ram since they moved to Los Angeles for what he did in 2021. And really, that's one of my big takeaways from this weekend, Travis, is that, look, from winning a Super Bowl, it's not just that year. It's really the gift that keeps on giving. Like, the f- second I started to feel down about that loss, I thought about 2021 <laughs> and the fact that they have a recent modern Super Bowl, and I was flexing. I was, you know, maybe using some burner accounts to talk to some Lions fans <laughs> and that kind of stuff about that. Okay, we got a Super Bowl because yeah. the Samsung 
49ers haven't done that in 30 years. The Dallas Cowboys haven't done that since the 90s. Winning a Super Bowl in the modern era is something that you can be proud of for years to come. And Cooper Cup is a big reason why they achieved that. I just think my big takeaway here is you possibly have to draft another receiver, maybe sign another receiver, and to optimize Cooper Cup moving forward, you just can't have that expectation that he's going to be who he was. You have to accept what he is at this stage. And look, how about this too, Travis? I want to point out one more thing before we go to the yep. next segment too, is that that 50-yard potential catch he would have had down the left sideline. If he makes that catch, his numbers look better. It looks yep. like he had a better game. So yep. there's a little bit of that as well. There, there is. And and look, like you said, DMAC, not only did the Rams win the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and all the feels that come along with it, they won the Super Bowl. Cooper Cup was the MVP. He, yeah. he wasn't just there. He was the MVP of that game, and it was a good choice. You could have given it to Matthew Stafford. You could have given it to Aaron Donald. There were options, but... When Cooper Cup was the guy that was told he was the MVP, nobody went, huh? It was it was a good choice, right? Here's here's the other part. They can rebuild this thing on the fly. That that Super Bowl oddly feels like a million years ago. It was two seasons ago. It wasn't very long ago that they were the best team in the NFL. Their rebuild took a season. And and it was a rebuild that they took, you know, almost on accident because two years ago, the the, the five win season, it just came apart and they were kind of, you know, you know, I don't know, forced, but certainly the timeline accelerated on them to the point where, okay, we need to start doing this. They did it in the very same season they started the rebuild. They you look at the the, the teams that are left in the NFL, the eight teams, Rams are as good as those teams. The Rams can beat those teams, and they're going to be better next year than they are this year. If that includes Cooper Cup, sure. If it doesn't potentially, I think that that's something that'll take a little getting used to. But again, all faith when it comes to this organization and the guys that are making those decisions, because so far for the last six, seven, eight years, they haven't missed too many of those big decisions. And that's why when you reach the mountaintop, you earn that benefit of the doubt. I may or may not have watched Super Bowl 56 in the last 48 hours to get over <laughs> this loss. And it really does help. I'm the Homer Simpson meme where he's slaying in his bed and he's all sound asleep. And I got the Lombardi trophy right there. I'm sleeping soundly once again, knowing all the great stuff we have moving forward. But coming up right. in our final segment, some more horns up, horns down. We're going to continue to unpack this loss and a defensive player for the Rams that you should feel very high on Moving forward, that's coming up next here on Locked on Rams. All right, let's talk about FanDuel, DMAC, right? The NFL regular season is done, but the playoff season is still here, which means there's still time for you to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Number one, not number two, number one. And right now, new customers, you get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed all you have to do is place one $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose after a $5 bet, right? The app is super easy to use. There's a ton of different ways to play. Live same game parlays. You can find those bets in the new Explore tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. That's a great way to find those popular parlays and more. You're looking for it. I was looking at some of the numbers today. Green Bay, a nine and a half point dog in San Francisco. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, six and a half point dogs on their way to Detroit to take on the Lions. How nice would it have been for the Rams to get to go to Tampa right there. But all of that is available to you in FanDuel.com, right? Put the FanDuel app on your phone, FanDuel.com slash locked on, and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And 
I know that we come here and we talk about sports to escape from some of the realities of real life, the craziness of real life, but let's just talk for a minute about getting ready for real life, prepping for real life. According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of one of the worst flu seasons in over a decade. This, of course, is very scary, and I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than having somebody you love not have their medication because a supply chain issue kept them from getting what they needed. Thankfully, you're going to be all right. I'm going to be all right. We're all going to be all right because of Jace Medical. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics that treat a long list of bacterial infections, illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. The stuff that could happen to any of us. So visit jacemedical.com, complete your physician encounter. It'll be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It has never been more important to be prepared than today. So go to jacemedical.com, use the offer code locked on to get $20 off your first order. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So let's jump back into these horns up, horns down. For the horns up, we talked about him a lot yesterday, but some couple couple more thoughts on Matthew Stafford. He goes 25 of 36, 367 yards, two touchdowns. Now, Travis, if I told you he was going to throw for 367 yards, two TDs, no picks, you would have expected us to be against the Bucks this week in the next yep. round, winning that playoff game. Unfortunately, it just didn't come down to that. Now, the big question I have for Stafford now is how much of these red zone issues going over three in the red zone fall on Stafford? He goes two for seven in the red zone for seven yards. He targeted Cooper Cup four yard for four times. And of course, none of those led to a touchdown. I wouldn't put that all on Stafford. I think it has a lot to do with play calling and the lack of running that we saw. We wanted to see more Kyron Williams down that red zone, and just it didn't happen. But he still had a phenomenal game. He had a PFF grade close to 90. He was outstanding. It's the first time he's ever lost a game as a Rams quarterback where he threw for more than 300 yards and didn't throw an interception. So it's just you couldn't really ask for a whole lot more out of Matthew Stafford. As far as the red zone goes, I'm with you, DMAC. I think that that was a function far more of play calling than it was him not, you know, making the right throws. I, I thought if we're going to be critical of one, it might be on that first down play, the first and goal from the six where Cup's kind of peeling to the near pylon and he tries to fade it over the top. I think maybe if he kind of rips it in there, I think maybe that's a, a, a better, you know, shape of a ball right there because it felt like Cup had the guy on his inside. And But, but we're, we're getting kind of inside the, you know, inside the numbers here. I, I I, it just felt to me like you got to run the ball down there. You at least got to try it. I, I I really don't have a lot of bones to pick with Matthew Stafford. He was great. He he didn't turn the ball over. Um, they he put them in a position to succeed over and over and over again. Obviously, they didn't get those touchdowns. But uh, if you could run that whole game back, I don't think I changed too much about Matthew Stafford. Yeah, I think it's more of a byproduct of just lack of execution in the red yeah. zone. Just the play calling in general. I mean, you mentioned that throw right there from the six-yard line. They threw the ball three times from the six. Three times from the six. I mean, I just don't understand. They only rushed for two yards on the other three plays that they ran from inside the red zone, gaining a total of nine yards on ten red zone plays for the entire night. If they had yeah. just scored one touchdown on those three red zone trips, 
they advance. They would have been playing the Bucks this week. It just kills well, me to say that. It, it, it does. It's incredibly disappointing to say it because you're right. But this this is why these games are so difficult to win. They're so easy to lose because it literally is a play here or a play there, a call here or a call there, that if they just turn one of those threes into a six, they win the game. And, and I'm sure that Sean McVay – look – Everybody that listens to this podcast knows. The everyday are certainly know. You and I are both in the bag for Sean McVay. We love him as the head coach. I wouldn't trade him for any other coach in the league. I wouldn't do it. But I also think that he gets stubborn occasionally, and he wants to do it the way that he wants to do it. But that being said, he's not stupid. He will look at this. He will figure this out. I know that he's been here seven years, and this has been kind of a the bugaboo for him, timeout management, red zone play calling. But – I do believe that the light will go on at some point and say we're going to be a little more committed to the run game. I think he gets caught up in the moment to a certain degree, but if I have faith in anybody to get it right ultimately, it's in Sean McVay. 100%. And how about this? One thing I love about that performance by Matthew Stafford is, one, it's very apparent that he's still got it. He's still got oh, gas yeah. left in the tank. And when the news stories start to get light around July and there's nothing to talk about and you got these writers that say, you know what, let's cook up a show the Rams trade Matthew Stafford topic or the Rams want to trade Matthew Stafford topic. Hopefully we can go an entire offseason without having to deal with that, knowing that they have their quarterback. They have a couple more runs with Stafford and McVay and Stafford's performance towards the end of the season in that playoff game where he was the better quarterback overall talent. I mean, look at the big throws he made in yep. this game. PFF gave him credit for four big throws, no turnover worthy plays. I mean, he was really outstanding. The only bad throw he didn't make, I guess was the one where he missed Cooper cup. But even then, I mean, he's the reason why the Rams were so close to winning this football game. And we're going to push the, Future horns up, horns down. The one on Ernest Jones. We have so much to unpack in this game, and we got all offseason to talk about. So we're going to push that too tomorrow. But yeah, Matthew Stafford, he still got. I'm agree with you too. Still believing in Sean McVay, and I think that as for as much as he's accomplished early on, I think he will take some things from this game. I think you want to look at that timeout management. We'll spend yeah. a topic on that later this week. But that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on X and Instagram at dmac underscore la. And as always, you can follow the People's Champ, Mr. Travis Rogers at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house? It's Locked On Rams' house.